The greatest story ever told is a true story. It is a story of adventures, battles, kings and queens, heroes and villains, good and evil, history and prophecy. It is your story. Come join the adventure of the Bible story. Chapter 112 Solomon's Sins Solomon increased the taxes on the nation of Israel to levels unknown under previous administration. One purpose of the high taxes was to pay the kingdom's debt to Haram, the king of Tyre. In addition, Solomon used the money for vast public works. He built up the wall of Jerusalem so the city was more defensible. He also repaired and fortified several cities in the kingdom. Descendants of the Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Havites, and Jebusites lived in the land of Israel during this time. Solomon conscripted these Canaanites as laborers. Solomon also concentrated on building up Israel's military. Under his command, the army added many horses and chariots. God had told Israel not to have war horses and chariots. For this reason, Israel's military technology was inferior to that of enemy nations. Solomon's efforts changed this. Solomon built a navy based in a Red Sea port. Tyre was a partner in this endeavor. The Phoenicians were known for their voyages and skill as sailors. This navy was not for military purposes but was established as a merchant fleet. It sailed from its home port in the Gulf of Aqaba to countries up and down the African and Asian coasts, bringing back rare and precious spices, stones, woods, minerals, and animals. The nations around Israel had been watching the kingdom for some time. They had taken note of the stories of Solomon's wealth and wisdom. One of these nations was Sheba. At the time of Solomon, the land of Sheba covered southern Arabia, Ethiopia, Upper Egypt, and Nubia. The people of this land came from Ham's great-grandson Sheba, who settled the land after the Great Flood. The queen of this country heard what people were saying about Solomon, and her curiosity was piqued. Nobody can be as wise as they say Solomon is, she thought. You can't believe the half of what people say. But the stories of Solomon's grandeur kept coming, so she decided to see for herself. The queen headed toward Jerusalem setting out with a large entourage of servants and camels. They were weighed down, as was the custom of the time, with gifts for the visited monarch. The queen came to Solomon with riddles and questions to test his wisdom. Solomon answered every question she asked with great skill and intelligence. His quickness astonished the queen. So impressed was she by what Solomon told her that she began to ask him for advice. 
The answers he gave were helpful and to the point. She received sound solutions to the problems she faced. As her visit continued, the queen saw more and more of the kingdom of Israel. She was amazed not just at Solomon, but at the wealth and beauty of the nation, the amazing architecture of the buildings, the way the staff conducted themselves, the obedience of those in service, and the way Solomon worshipped God. Her time in Israel made a huge impression on her. I had heard of you and your kingdom in my homeland, she told Solomon one day. I was told of your wisdom and the great things you had done here in Israel, but the stories seemed too fantastic to be true. But when I came here, I found that the reports did not do you or your kingdom justice. They were not even half of what I found. Your kingdom and your people are very happy to have you ruling. Your God must love your people tremendously to have installed you as king. Such a wise ruler is rare. The queen had brought great and rare gifts for Solomon. In return, when she was about to leave, Solomon came to her and made a generous offer. If you desire anything at all, I will give it to you, he told the queen. You may have anything in this kingdom. The queen asked for a few things, and Solomon granted her request and even more. He gave her great and precious gifts to load onto the camels she had brought, then sent her home with the memory of a kingdom that prospered under a king led by God. The kingdom of Israel continued to be blessed after the queen of Sheba left. Millions of dollars in gold flowed into Solomon's treasuries every year. The nations around Israel paid tribute to the kingdom in gold, silver, spices, and animals. In addition, the merchant ships and caravans continued to visit far countries and bring back trade goods. Solomon kept accumulating horses from Egypt and other surrounding countries. When he had enough for an army of cavalry, the rest was sold throughout Israel for anyone who wished to purchase them. Silver was so commonplace in the kingdom that Solomon wouldn't allow any drinking vessel in the palace to be made of silver, but rather gold. Some of the elite members of the army had equipment made of gold, in particular, gold shields used for high state functions. Solomon's intelligence and understanding of financial matters helped keep the kingdom wealthy. But none of this would have happened without God bringing it to pass. God kept the promise he had made to Solomon, giving him both wisdom and wealth. At this time, Solomon was staying faithful to God. Sadly, However, this would not last. One abiding weakness of the king was his desire for women. As Solomon's wealth and power increased, so did the ease with which he was able to obtain women for wives and concubines. 
women came to him as a result of political marriages, because of interest in his wealth or the attention he paid to them, and as a part of other nations' tributes. The Egyptian princess he married was the first, but far from the last. He actually preferred women from the Gentile nations that surrounded Israel. God had warned the Israelites through Moses to avoid intermarriage with the nations around them, lest they become entangled in the pagan worship of other cultures. This, sadly, was exactly what happened to Solomon. Little by little, Solomon turned away from God. One misstep came in building shrines for some of his wives to worship their gods. As his reign continued and his mind turned more to physical things and pleasures, he continued to give in to the demands of his foreign wives. He built temples for their pagan gods and even began worshipping them to make his wives happy. Consequently, Solomon's God-given wisdom began to desert him, and the continuing quest for pleasure took a physical toll, causing him to age quite rapidly. The kingdom began to suffer because of his selfishness. God had been growing angry with Solomon's disobedience. God warned the king. I promised you that your children would sit upon this throne over the nation of Israel, if you followed me. You have not. You have turned from me to other gods. Even though there were many warnings in my laws about this, because of your sins, I am going to take the kingdom of Israel from you and give it to one of your servants. This will not happen during your lifetime for the sake of your father. But after you are gone and your son takes the throne, another will rise against him and tear the kingdom from him. However, for the promise that I made David, one tribe, Judah, will remain under your son. This was a truly tragic turn of events for the nation. During David's time, Joab had led an expedition to destroy the people of Edom. The Israelite soldiers had killed every male they could find. A young prince named Hadad had led a few to Egypt, where the Pharaoh granted them political asylum. During Solomon's reign, God used this man to begin to administer some correction to Solomon and the Israelites. Hadad returned his people home and began to attack Israel. God also used another man for the same purpose. Razan, a former captain of the Syrian army, built an army in Damascus. This small band also began to conduct raids within Israel's borders, causing fear among the people and destabilizing Solomon's rule. At the same time, one of Solomon's subordinates became very prominent. His name was Jeroboam. 
and he was the superintendent over the public works of Jerusalem. Since he was a tremendously industrious and smart man, he rose in stature rapidly. One day, as Jeroboam was walking in a field outside of the city, a man came up to him. May I walk with you? I wish to speak to you about something, said the man. Jeroboam then recognized him as the prophet Ahijah. Sure, he said a little nervously. Abruptly, Ahijah shrugged off the new coat he was wearing and began to tear it in pieces. Much to Jeroboam's astonishment, Ahijah finished his work and handed ten of the twelve pieces to Jeroboam, keeping two for himself. What are you doing? exclaimed the shocked Jeroboam. I am showing you a sign of your future, answered the prophet. Take these pieces of cloth. They are a symbol of ten tribes of Israel. King Solomon has rejected God's laws and followed after the pagan gods of other nations. Because of this, God will tear ten tribes of Israel away. He will leave one tribe to his son because of the promise made to David. You will be ruler over the rest if you are obedient. God says he will continue your dynasty for many generations, just as he will the house of David. Jeroboam told his family and friends what the prophet had said. News traveled quickly to the reigning king. Solomon was incensed by the news and sent soldiers after Jeroboam to deal with the threat to his reign. However, Jeroboam slipped through his fingers. He was warned ahead of time and escaped from Jerusalem to Egypt, Israel's historic enemy. Pharaoh Shishak granted him asylum and Jeroboam remained there for the rest of Solomon's life. King Solomon, the wisest man to ever live, died at about 60 years of age. He likely would have lived much longer had he stayed true to God's laws and kept himself from the excesses he indulged in. Through his reign, God accomplished tremendous works. Israel became a great power in the region, prospered, and built a tremendous trade network. Although God allowed Solomon to die at a relatively young age, it appears that he repented toward the end of his life. We profit from Solomon's reign today as well by reading the books he authored, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Songs. To be continued in our next episode and continue the adventure by reading the Bible story. Find it under the resources tab at pcg.church. Thank you.